tonight we're going to continue lingering intentionally with the Lord. Um, and uh, primarily, uh, we're going we're gonna to take our time through communion tonight. Um, I've, this week, uh, well, let me start this way and say that uh, first of all, I'm I'm feeling the desire, the need for like coming together as family and just enjoying each other, and that's why I like already how much we've been lingering. Because with us being gone a couple weeks, we were back one week and then we canceled last week because of the heat and the carpet and everything. So it just feels like I haven't seen a lot of you in a long time. Um, and honestly, um, some of the deepest places you can go together is is in the spirit and uh, and through things like communion. Um, in talking with people this week, I, um, I talked to several people who I would say were kind of extra discouraged this week. Um, uh, some of them, you know, asking the why questions or, or what, what's it all about? What, what am I alive for really? Um, and I think also I've been experiencing or feeling, um, the, a lot of people are feeling the weightiness of what's going on in, on the earth. You know, a lot of the catastrophes, the things that are just seem so, it seems heavy, you know, very heavy. And, and a lot of you, especially you feelers out there in the spirit, you're just feeling some of the heaviness. And it's real. Um, and I think also we, when we get in those places that are harder, we forget, all of us, myself included, we forget that we've kind of been here before. We've been in these places of discouragement before, and the Lord's taken us out of it like he does every time. But when we're in the middle of it, sometimes it's hard to remember that. It's hard to remember just how faithful he's been, that he's not going to let us stay in that place. Um, and and as I just mentioned, I, I Suzanne's not here, but she would, she, uh, she and I both were just kind of feeling some of the same stuff, you know? And so I want to tell you, by the way, Sometimes we think that if we're discouraged or going through something, we don't, we don't really have a voice or we shouldn't, you know, who are we to help somebody else out of it? No, I want to tell you, you're, you're a prime candidate. <laughs> and because, um, because you do know the truth, and a lot of times it's easier to tell someone else than to believe it for yourself, only you're also the recipient of it when you're telling it to somebody else. Every time I encourage someone, I'm getting so encouraged. Uh, because that's what truth does. Truth just it sets us free. So we're going to do that tonight. Um, some of the extremes, you know, when we're discouraged or when all the weightiness of what's been going on, I think we kind, kind of go into two extremes that are both unhealthy. Um, and the one extreme is to, um, is to get stressed out, anxious, um, you know, double up your efforts to try to do something to get out of it, and you're just feeling awful, and it's this high-strung, not-good place. And the other extreme is I just won't care. I'm just going to check out whatever. I'll watch a whole season of whatever because I can, you know, with Fritos and Dr. Pepper because I can. Um, I'm just going to check out. And I'm not saying the Lord doesn't want us to have fun sometimes and do things that are, that are fun. And, and uh, you know, we, we weren't meant to be super engaged with everything that's going on in the world. 
Like, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but it's a phenomenon that really this generation knows unlike any other generation. We instantly know everything that's going on. We know right now about Hurricane Irma and everything that's happening along the way. A generation ago, no. You know, maybe the next day in the paper. A couple generations ago, you didn't even know about it. Um, and so depending on what you do with that, it could, like I said, it can get really weighty and you weren't meant to, on, on the one hand, to, you certainly weren't meant to be in charge of it all. It, sometimes we get these crazy things like if I just pray the, the, if I'm the one person that prays the right prayer, you know, it'll solve everything. God's like, nope, nope, you're just part of a picture here. You're part of, you know, my love that's going across the earth. And then we also know that it, it isn't super healthy to just not care. And I've been there. I get, I get there sometimes. You know, you just get overwhelmed. You're like, how about if I just kind of shut it off? And if I don't care, then it doesn't have to stress me out. So where's the, where's the middle ground? Well, his name is Jesus. There's only one middle ground. <laughs> Come on. His name is Jesus. And, and, and all he says is, would you, would, you look, would you look at my eyes, look to me, and watch me? I, I got this. He's like, I got this. I need you to agree with me, so it's good for you to ask, what, you know, Lord, what should I be praying? What should I be agreeing with? What's, what does heaven look like since he told us to usher heaven into earth? Those are really good things. Um, and so the, that question of, of what, you know, what's, what's my life for? What's it all about, really? Maybe some of you have been asking that lately. You know, what's it all for? Um, can I just tell you what it's all for? Jesus. It's all for Jesus. And you're like, yeah, that, okay, that's, that's the right answer. Okay, but no, really, this is all for Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Our, our lives are reflecting his glory, his light, his love. It's all about him and, and what he has done for us. Um, it is Christ in you, right, the hope of glory. That's Colossians 1.27. Listen to this from the Passion Translation. This is verses 26 and 27. There's a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. But now it's being revealed. And now means now. Means right now, today. It's being revealed, ongoing, all the time, unfolded and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you is the Christ Okay, I'm going to say that again. <laughs> Living within you right now is the Christ. Embedded within us. And this, uh, he, and he floods us with the expectation of glory. I'm going to read it one more time. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. Christ is our message. So what, what's your life? What is your life really? What's it about? I think sometimes we keep looking for the big grandiose thing. You know, when I do that big thing, whatever that thing is, I'm kind of wondering what it is we all think is going to be that big thing. But, but actually, it's, it's all the little ways every single day. Bill just prayed it. I'm the vine, you are the branches. What is your life about? It's about 
loving people with his love. It's about being kind to people with his kindness. It's about forgiving people with his forgiveness. See, it's Christ in you. It's all him through you. It's, it's, really, it's really much simpler than, than we understand. And just, just last night, Suzanne and I were, we, we were at a, a concert. I'll just, I'll, I, we were at a, it was a Kenny G and George Benson concert. Can I tell you, it was so good. As a musician, just to watch musicians like that, I'm like, oh, man. But, you know, when we were driving there, we were, we were working through some stuff. Like, there were just, we were just processing stuff. Like, she and I are doing great, but we were just processing some life stuff and feeling the heaviness of it. And we get there, and I just felt like, honestly, I felt like it was in Disneyland, musical Disneyland. Everything, it was magical. And, and I just started to, sometimes, this is not about like shutting off the world. That's not what I mean. I, told, I said that extreme. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes, it's amazing. God will use moments, and music is often a part of it, for me anyway. But I use moments to suddenly just lift off the things and give you a clear view from heaven's, heaven's perspective. And in the midst of that, this is what he showed me. I started... I think one of the reasons we get so down on ourselves and so discouraged is because we have really myopic vision. This is what he was showing me in the middle of this concert. And what I mean by a myopic is we, pick, we fix a point in time like right now, how am I doing today? And we get really discouraged. Fill in the blank for why you're discouraged. Well, because I'm not this enough or I'm not where I wanted to be or I'm not whatever it is. But we pick a fixed point in time and we get discouraged because we don't because we're not looking the way heaven looks at it. What heaven's looking at with you, by the way, and this is what he was showing me, suddenly in the middle of this concert, I'm seeing this, I, I don't know what the right word, montage, collage, this, it was all that, he was showing me all these pictures of different seasons and different people that have been blessed and, and saying, in heaven, it's all at the same time and it's all what I see and it's all now. It's not just this one fixed point that we see. And that's why we get discouraged, because we start assessing how we think we're doing, and we, don't, we just don't think we're doing as good as we think we should be. And God says, I really don't look at it that way. I'm looking at the whole thing all the time. And he looks at the future where you are with him. So your purpose, I'm just going to, I'm going to read these. Um, this is, I just wrote some of these down. This is like, these aren't the magic eight or nine or whatever it is. I just wrote them down. What's your purpose? To be loved by your Father. I don't know if you ever thought about that as a purpose when you wake up in the morning. To experience the grace and the mercy of Jesus. This is your purpose. Like, what am I supposed to be alive for? To let your light shine brightly. Which, by the way, it's going to do. Jesus said the only way it doesn't shine brightly is if you, like, try to hide it. Why would you do it? Because it's just going to shine out of you. To love, to be kind, to reach out and care about somebody. You know, it, it's the smallest act, but God puts someone on your heart and you decide, you decide, there is choices all the time. You decide to pick up the phone and call someone. I was just thinking about you. That's the kingdom. That's purpose. And some of you, I mean, a lot of you do this all the time. Some of you, you just like, uh, you know, man. You're such encouragers. Encourage somebody. 
um, forgive and release hurt. This is, a, this is our purpose. And I know it doesn't seem like a purpose. You're like, no, those are just things we do. No, I'm telling you it's deeper than that. This is actually your purpose. And when you're doing these things that seem small, you're actually changing the world. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but when we got back from Spain and we were in Barcelona just a couple days before that, that tragic, um, you know, what do you call that? Just attack, yeah. And, and it was, and it, it happened on the very same street we were two or three days earlier. I didn't have that sense of, oh my gosh, that could have been us. That never crossed my mind. That wasn't where I was going. It was so senseless. But, it, but what did actually hit me was how hate will never make any sense. Like, if you want to make sense of that, you will never be able to make sense of it. Because it's just hate, and hate makes no sense. But the Lord was showing me love overcomes that. Love will overcome those things, but we all have to choose to love. It is a choice. We make all those little choices every day, and we are changing the world by all those little ways that you're actually Christ to this world. You're making a bigger difference than you know. And on any given day when you don't feel like you are, God says, that's okay, because I see the whole big picture. I've seen all the times you've been kind, and you've loved people, and you've forgiven, and you've released, and you've blessed, and you've encouraged. I see it all, all the time. So tonight, um, we're going to take communion together, because uh, I mentioned, you know, last, oh, wow. Oh, Todd, you just brought back such good memories <sighs> from, t- from two nights ago, last night, two nights ago. Anyway, wow. I'm like, did my phone really just do that? That's what I thought. I'm like, how wild would that be? Todd. <laughs> That's why I love this guy so much. Todd, can I tell you that was part of your purpose for today? As was this, as was so much else that you do. That's the crazy thing. When I talk to certain people who, who are so fruitful for the kingdom, and they're in a moment where they're discouraged, it's hard to believe that they could actually be discouraged. But we all, all go through that. So don't think you're alone in that. And last weekend, we, since we didn't meet the next morning, Suzanne and I, we um, turned on uh, Bethel's. Uh, worship service and just watched it and you know worship with them and uh, they had communion um, last week Bill Johnson was leading it and 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 honestly I was I was telling you we were kind of just in this heavy you know harder place and uh, and he starts taking leading us in communion and suddenly Suzanne and I are just both crying like it took just like that but it's there's something there there's something about communion it's it's so real it's so tangible and uh, that's when we said we got to take communion. So we're going to do that. Um, I want to ask that um, whoever's helping would, uh, there's two couples that are helping that have already assigned to do that. If you would go ahead and, and uh, get the bread, and, and we're going to have you pass it out. But just hold on to it. We're going to take communion tonight together. And we're going to linger. Like I said, it's going to take us a little while to do this. Um, and we're going to hold off on the, the, the juice for now, the cup. We're just going to hold off on that. We're just doing the bread only right now. All right? So don't, 
um, don't be distracted over there. <laughs> hey, I have the microphone. <laughs> All right. All right. I bet you you've not been to a church like this many other places. Um, as they're, go ahead and pass it out. Everyone take one, but don't, don't eat it. We're going to eat it together. Oh, and for those of you that need gluten-free, we have thought of you. And inside of there, the bread is not gluten-free, but the crackers that I think are in a cup are gluten-free. So there you go. Consider yourselves loved and kissed. Okay, so as they're handing this out, um, I want to read, we're going to read the entire chapter of Isaiah 53. Only I'm going to read half of it before we take the bread and half of it before we take the cup together. So as they're passing it out, here we go. And I'm asking, I'm asking Holy Spirit that you would um, take us deeper and deeper into, um, into this place of intimacy and deep, deep connection with our beautiful, beautiful Savior, Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We're just going to spend lots of time thanking you, but I, I'm just asking, Holy Spirit, that you would connect our hearts and our spirits in right now with our beloved Savior. Amen. Um, Isaiah 53, there's already amazing things he spoke before this, and, and so he starts... Uh, chapter 53, by saying, who has believed our message? Who could believe this? It's so good. To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? Now, he's, he's, Isaiah is going to switch into talking about Jesus. He's prophesying here. But the Lord has shown him all these things. And he speaks of Jesus as the servant. He says, my servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. Acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and we looked the other way. He was despised, and we did not care. He's talking about all of humanity here right now. So we're not just pointing the fingers at those who were alive at that time. There's just different times of which we all have been. This would be true of any one of us at times. Yet, it was our weaknesses that he carried. And it was our sorrows that weighed him down. Remember, I just talked about how that weighing down feeling. And Jesus is saying, hey, I I got that one too. I actually took that one on me. And we thought that his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. 
He was whipped so that we could be healed. So, Lord, we're just letting that, your, your word sink in a little bit. I just love, I love this passage, Lord. I love, I love going back here and, and, and re-remembering and crying again, a good cry, a, a thank you cry. That Jesus says in Romans 5, while we were yet sinners, you died for us. It was your choice. You said yes to the Father. You knew there was no other way. And Jesus, thank you that you took the punishment that we deserved. It was us. So as we're holding this bread in our hands, symbolic of literally the flesh that was torn for us. Symbolic of your willingness to be broken so that we could be whole. Not just we as individuals, but actually we as a society, we as a world. Jesus, your death is so much more than just for personal restoration, though it is that. Because we're broken. We need you, Jesus. We need help. We do. We need you. We can't do this without you. And Jesus, as we see the brokenness of the world, there's, there's really two ways we can look at all this. We can get totally discouraged and depressed and say there's no answer, or we can look back to you and say, Jesus, your flesh that was torn was enough for the restoration and the healing of the entire world. And it is true, Jesus. It's true. Just like we can't see it in our own lives at times, we don't know how you're going to make us whole. The times when we feel the most broken and you say, that's okay, I got it. Just look in my eyes again. I got this. Look at me. Look at me and see what I see when I look at you. And just like that, Jesus, you actually say that about the world. Whether it's, whether, whatever we're looking at that looks so discouraging at times, whether it's the, just the unrest in the Middle East or North Korea or the, you know, the, the earthquakes, the fires, the floods, everything. You actually already talked about this, Jesus. You said, don't be afraid. I'm telling you, these are the birth pangs. But Lord, you got this. Jesus, you say again, look in my eyes. I got this. And I'm going to use you, and I'm going to use a billion yous all over the earth. A whole bunch of you that, I, that have already said yes to me, that have already decided I'm going to let the light shine. I'm going to use you to change this earth. But it's not on you, it's on me. The pressure's not on you. I got this. So as you're holding this in your hand, knowing that it represents Christ's willingness to go to the cross for you. I just want you to agree. We're going to agree together who Jesus is. I just want you to say out loud with me, Lord Jesus, I believe in your death. I believe that what you did on the cross is enough for me. It's enough for this world. And I believe that you were raised from the dead 
and that you are seated at the right hand of the Father, where you are interceding for me right now. And even more, I believe that you live in me. Christ in me. The hope of glory. So together, let's take and let's eat and let's thank Jesus for what he's done for us. You're so good, Jesus. You're so good. You're so faithful. And so, Lord, as we continue, as we continue to enjoy, enjoy you and to remember you, remember what you've done, I am asking, Lord, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, would you cause any of the heaviness even now to begin to lift off, the discouragement to lift, the anxiousness, the fear to go, to be blown away, away, away that we would be filled to all the fullness of you. And I, before we go on, I wanna, we're going to pray for healing later on tonight. But I want to um, just encourage you to say one more thing, because this, what we just read, was the, the verse that says, by his stripes, I'm healed. And uh, we're going to say this together. Because all of, all of us need healing in, in a whole bunch of different ways. Probably most of you in this room, there's something physically you need healing for. Uh, but also the emotional and the relational and every, every bit of healing that he came to bring. And so um, what I'm going to have you repeat in a minute is, by your stripes, I was healed. And I just wanted to explain that so that you understand. Um, that when it says, I am healed, it's, it's an ongoing thing, but it's also something he already paid for. So... I think in our language, we actually understand it a little bit better when we say, I was healed, like it's a done deal. So we, we, can we just agree together with, the again, the sacrifice that we just agreed with as we took the bread. Jesus, by your stripes, I was healed. Jesus, by your stripes... I was healed. Let's do that again. Jesus, by your stripes, I was healed. And we receive that, Jesus. We receive it. It's all we can do is agree. It's all we can do. Some of you have ongoing battles with certain conditions because you're aware of them. But have you also had those stray thoughts of all of a sudden you just get this weird stray thought like, I don't know, wonder if I have this disease. I wonder if um, cancer is one of those ones that tends to come up, you know, bring fear. Just a stray thought. Like nobody's told you this, but it's just a stray thought. Can I tell you, can I just give you, empower you right now to tell you that's your time to use your voice and to say, no, that's not true. I was healed. 
See, he's given us, he's given us everything we need. And um, honestly, sometimes we just aren't paying attention to the thought life and to the things that are starting to cause us fear again. So I just want to encourage you. I want to give you that as a tool to go home and just all the time use that. Just, um, all right, I'm going to get ahead just a little bit. I'm not going to come back to it. But, but even like with the hurricane, okay, we're going to pray for that in actually just a minute. But, but just before I came here, I was watching just a little bit about it. And it said, yeah, it was a, it was a, a four, category four. But now it's a three. Well, it was a five, correct. Now a four. But it says now it's a three. But it says, but they said, but it's going to pick back up to a four because it's going over warm water. What do you do with a statement like that? I'll tell you what I did. I put my hand on the computer right over that spot. And I said, no, in Jesus' name. That's what I'm trying to encourage you to do. We've got choices like that all that time. We're hearing reports all the time. And I'm not saying you're rude and you stand up in the middle of a meeting and say, no, in Jesus' name. I don't... I'm not suggesting that, but I am saying we need to be less timid and less absent and start to engage and get in the game and declare things, which we're going to do again in a minute. Would you pass out the, the cup? And as this is being passed out, I want to read to you from the next half of Isaiah 53. Can you tell that just scripture's got power? You know, it just does. All of us. Can you just say all with me? All, all, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We've left God's paths to follow our own. We've all been guilty of this. Yet the Lord, yet the Lord, what is the Father's response to us wandering away? Laid on Jesus the sins of us all. Dang. Dang. Father, you're so good. And Jesus, thank you. For saying yes. He was oppressed and he was treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down by the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong. He had never deceived anyone. See, we're seeing things about him that we couldn't say about any of us in this room. He had done no wrong. He had never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and to cause him grief. And yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. Can I stop right here and tell you something? What this tells me, there is a narrative, one narrative that we see from our perspective. There's a different narrative from heaven. The narrative from earth's perspective is Jesus didn't have descendants. His life was cut short. How many times have we even seen that? You know, somebody in life, they're... they're, you know, it, it seems like their life is cut way too short. And we get sad because they're like, they didn't get to do that. They didn't get to fulfill this. I know we've all experienced that. And yet, heaven's perspective is, ah, but the story is not done yet. Because of his obedience and because of what he went through, we are his descendants. He has not one or two or three or five children. He's got, he's got millions and billions. 
Can I just tell you, your story, all of us have different parts of our story that just aren't working out the way we had thought they were supposed to. Can I tell you that it's not the end of the story yet? And I want to tell you that it's not like there's two lives, this life and then the one in heaven. I don't know if you ever thought of it that way, but it's not. It's not. You have one life. You who exist are going to exist forever. And your life goes on and on and on and on and on. And heaven is a very real place. And there's things that happen there that finish the story that wasn't finished here. It is true for each one of you. I don't know what that means for you in your life, but I just want to encourage you with that. It says he... <laughs> Jesus will enjoy a long life, (laughs) yeah, forever life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. Of course, this was prophecy before, so now Jesus is satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. See, there was only one way. And the way that the only way there was is the the symbol that you hold before you in your hand. One lamb, completely innocent who paid the full price so that you could be set free. And you are. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just want you to say out loud, the blood of Jesus sets me free. The blood of Jesus sets me free. The blood of Jesus sets me free. So let's drink together to the freedom that was purchased at the cross for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't this good? So good. I mean, this is it. Our life is Christ. He is our life. He is our breath. He's everything. I know we all forget at times. I forget at times. And he brings us back to truth and says, I'm right here. I got this. So um, I want to call up the prayer teams in just a minute. But before we do, I thought I, I am feeling very... Uh, like it's really important that we do pray specifically for Hurricane Irma, but just in general to heal the earth. Jesus came to bring healing and restoration and justice. Justice means making all wrong things right again. Remember when he stood up, you know, a couple times to the storm, quiet, be still. Because there's a, there's a whole lot going around right now about judgment, about the judgment of God. I don't have time to go into that right now the way I would really love to go into that, except to say, I'm just going to say it this way, truly, truly, where would that stop? And truly, truly, with whom should that not be happening? Are there, are there people in, now in Miami or in Houston that were more evil? It, does, it doesn't make sense. 
And, and God doesn't, it says it's the kindness and goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Honestly, I, I want to paint a really different narrative, which you can look at, read yourself later in, in um, Daniel chapter 7, which is about Daniel's prophesying about the authority that is ours in Christ. In, in 1 Corinthians uh, 3, 21 to 23, Paul says that all things belong to us, including the world. All things belong to us, including the world. That's what Paul said. Including Christ, including God, all things belong to us. And then in Revelation chapter 5, the, the, the lamb, the one that, that um, Favor preached on a few weeks ago. The lamb that was slain that opened the seals, giving us authority on this earth to usher in his kingdom. So we just need to be asking God, what does your kingdom look like? What are we agreeing with? What are we agreeing with? Heaven to earth, what does heaven look like? I don't think we need to give you any other reasons to come get prayer. (laughs) Except this has been all about Jesus. Um, obviously you don't have to come for prayer if you don't want to, but please do if you need prayer for any reason. Um, they would love to do that. And I just want to remind you, you are the light of the world. Jesus didn't tell you to be the light of the world. He said you are the light of the world. So I'm telling you, everywhere you go, you are the light. So just let the love out. Let the encouragement out. Watch how you start to change environments because it will happen. So I bless you and thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on up if you want prayer.